You are listening to the Sports Daily. I'm your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Good show for you today. We're going to talk about last night in the NBA and, unfortunately, the NHL. Yikes. One team stayed alive, one team now on the verge of elimination. I've also got some statistics for you in regards to series prices and teams down 3-0 and the three major sports that have seven-game series. More information on the NFL Thursday flex scheduling, my thoughts on it that I didn't give you yesterday, and a new rule change coming to the NFL. Also thoughts on that. And I've got some early week one NFL lines thoughts for you. And we will get to all that momentarily. All right. Let's first start off in the NBA. Boston salvaged their season for at least a game. I know this is going to turn into, watch out, you know, they win game five at home, then all the pressure's on. It's never happened in NBA history. 150 and 0 teams that are up 3-0 win the series. I don't care if it happens in 4, 5, 6 or 7. I don't believe Miami's losing this series because they lost a game yesterday at home where Boston was playing for their season. I think the fact that they played so bad in game 3 and Shaq is on TV saying that the Celtics quit I think that lit a fire under their ass. They didn't want to go out that way. So they played hard. They played They played well. And, I mean, it's pretty simple with the Boston Celtics. If you've watched them at all all season, when they shoot three-pointers well and hit over 40% of them, they win. When they don't, they lose, period, because they're not a good enough defensive team as they were last year to overcome a bad shooting night. They got hot last night. They made 19 threes. They hit, I think they shot 42% from three-point range, it doesn't mean they're going to win the series. It doesn't even mean they're going to win the next game because being at home for the Boston Celtics clearly means nothing. They're 11-12 and 12 in their last 23 playoff home games. It doesn't mean anything that two of the next possible three games are at home. But as I told you, teams that go up 3-0 are 150-0 in NBA playoffs. No team has ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in the NBA playoffs. Only three teams out of those 150 even forced a game seven. So I I know what the narrative is. Well, well, all Boston's got to do is win game five at home, and now it's four to two going back to Miami. You wouldn't want to go back to Miami. Miami's all the pressure on them in game six. Yeah, but what if they win? Then who cares that it went back to Miami? And he'd be like, well, this is going to tire Miami out for the NBA Finals. The first game of the NBA Finals is until next Thursday. It's eight days. They're going to have minimum uh, minimum seven days off. If they win game five in Boston, they will have seven days off. And the Nuggets will have, what, nine. So both teams are going to be rested. Hell, even if they I, – I, well, if it happens to go to seven games, then, yeah, Miami would have, what, two days off? Thursday, Saturday, Monday. They would have three days off before the NBA Finals start. So uh, I don't think that's going to be the case. But, I mean, it, 
All I'm saying is Miami's not going to lose the series. I'm not going to sit here and predict in how many games. Maybe Boston will win game five, but the odds are certainly working against them considering it's never happened in league history before. So they won game four. They force a game five. Let's see if they can win at home. It's three one-game series now if you're the if you're the Boston Celtics. But Miami's played too well for three straight rounds for me to think all of a sudden they're going to lose four in a row to a team that they know they can beat. Now, going over the other <clears throat> sports, like it's never happened in the NBA. It's happened once in Major League Baseball. That was when the Red Sox came back and beat the Yankees on the way to their first World Series title in whatever it was, 80 years, 90 years, something ridiculous. Now, it's happened four times in the NHL. So, <laughs> before we get to our next story, uh, you know, I guess it leaves a little bit of hope for any NHL team, but still, it's still not a lot. So, five times in major sports history between NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball, five times in the history of playoffs in those three sports has a team down 3-0 come back to win the series five times four in the NHL one in baseball and if you add them all up I believe it's let's see well 150 I don't know how I know it's 150 in 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 the NBA and it's 151 if Miami wins this series I don't know how many times a team has been up 3-0 in a baseball series but probably well over 100 and NHL same thing I don't know how many times it's happened but so you're looking at Probably well over 350 times a series has been 3-0 in any of those three sports and five times a team has come back to win. So it's just the numbers just don't bear it out. Um, it's not going to happen. So I just wanted to point out for just also those three sports. Which brings us to hockey last night. Oh, geez. Man, I tell you. I, I'm surprised at how poorly the Stars played last night. But, yeah, giving up a goal 71 seconds into the game, while it stings and it really deflates the crowd, you're still only down one nothing. You can come back from a one nothing deficit. Less than a minute later, when the captain of your team tries to put somebody else's head through the ice and gets a five-minute major and kicked out of the game... The whole place went silent. You could tell the team was deflated. They give up two more goals in the first period, and you're down three nothing in the first period. You're not down. You're down three nothing within the first seven minutes of the game that you have to win. Uh, you could tell the whole life was taken out of the team. Um, I, I understand that these teammates are going to back their captain Jamie Ben with that penalty, but I have no idea what was going through his head. I think it was pretty disappointing that he got kicked out of the game three minutes into the game and when the game was over, he got dressed and didn't speak to the media. I understand he was probably emotional and he was upset, but let's face it. I'm not going to say he was the reason they lost, but I think it's a major reason that they lost. I think he cost the team any sort of momentum 
any sort of spirit and for you to not sit there and own your mistake, I think it's Bush League. And I like Jamie Benn. Not the most excitable guy in the world, but you can't do that. You can't be the captain of the team. Get yourself kicked out from a stupid, stupid penalty. The penalty made no sense. I'm sure you've seen the play by now. Mark Stone fell to the ground. Jamie Benn, why not try and get a man advantage? Why not hop over him, skate your ass down <laughs> down the ice, and, and, and you know Mark Stone is still laying on the ground. He's laying on the ground, and Jimmy Ben just takes his stick and tries to ram his face through the ice. He's not gonna—I mean, he's gonna be suspended at least for Game Four, and if there is a Game Five, probably won't play in that either. What he did was egregious. It was uncalled for. It was bush league, and it was violent. I can't believe the captain of the Stars did that three minutes into an elimination game, a game they had to win and then ducked out of the locker room after the game and didn't even address reporters. That is just as disappointing as the penalty itself. And I know people are going to say he's so passionate, he feels he let everybody down. Still, face the music. Own your mistake. That was, I I thought, okay, he literally has three periods. He literally has the whole game to sit there and contemplate what he did when he had to go back to the locker room. And then the game's over, and you get dressed, and you leave the arena without speaking to reporters. That. And then his teammates, I, you know, I get it. They're his teammates, and they say they'll go to bat for him, and Jamie knows he made a mistake. Okay, then why do they have to answer for you? You answer for yourself. You fucked up big time. He probably knows he cost the team the game. I get it. He's very, very upset. But I'm sorry. You have to face the music when you do that. And he didn't, and that's very, very disappointing. Stars are done. You know, it, like I said, it's happened four times in NHL history. The Stars aren't coming back from a 3-0 deficit. This series is over. I guess the only good news is I actually have a chance now to go to game one of the NHL finals because it starts on uh, Saturday, June 3rd, which is the night after my party. And I've already put in a request to possibly get tickets uh, through an intermediary. So because it looks like Florida is going to win their series. They're up 3-0 on Carolina. And if it's a Vegas-Florida final, which they're both up 3-0, probably going to happen. Vegas has home ice advantage. So that'll be really cool if I can somehow get to the game. So now that I know the Stars aren't going to win this series, I, I would have not. I would have much rather the Stars win the series and I don't have a chance to go to the game. I'd much rather the Stars be in the Stanley Cup Finals. But now that it's over, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I would love to go to the game. So trying to uh, trying to get tickets to that uh, game one on Saturday night, the third. I'm assuming it's Saturday night. If it's Saturday day, I'm not going. Saturday night, I will. So that's where we are. Disappointing, disappointing loss with the Stars because you were never in it. Like within 71 seconds, you were down one nothing, and the crowd was just out of it. And then the second, Ben got his five-minute penalty and kicked out of the game. I, I don't think the crowd ever really had anything to cheer for the rest of the game. It was it was depressing. And Jake Ottinger, how many times have this in this postseason have I sung his praises? But, man, when he's been bad, he's been terrible. Three goals in the first seven minutes, and they yanked him. It's the third time, fourth time he's been yanked in a game during the playoff season. Like, 
I think he mentally was out of it. And it seems like he's either behind those pipes and stopping everything or he's letting in some of the easiest goals ever. And, yeah, so unfortunate. Uh, The star season probably going to come to an end in two days, but what can you do? Or, you know, tomorrow. But what can you do? Um, That's the way sports is. It it can be crushing sometimes. And, yeah, that was – Tough to watch last night, and Jamie Benn has taken some uh, from the Dallas media for not showing up after his ejection last night. So I talked about this yesterday with the NFL, and they decided to go to flex scheduling on Thursday night football as well. So we've got flex scheduling on Sunday nights for the last possible five weeks of the season. We can flex schedule on Monday night football as well, and now they've added Thursday night football for flex scheduling. However... The rules still remain in place. You cannot play more than two Thursday games during the season. So I know that there will people be complaining about this, but having a team play one extra game on a Thursday night, possibly, because we don't even know if flex scheduling will take place. They have to look at what the records are as we get closer to the end of the season. And remember, they have to do this a month out. So... You have to give them 28 days notice that, oh, by the way, your game scheduled for a Sunday a month from now is now going to be a Thursday. But teams play Thursday games every year, every season. So it's not like all of a sudden somebody's going to get four Thursday games during the season. That's No, that's not happening. So I really don't think this is that big of a deal. And all the NFL is doing is trying to get you better games on television when there's, you know, one game to watch for that particular time slot. Thursday night there's one game, Sunday night there's one game, Monday night there's one game. Well, obviously Monday night football, they got a couple of weeks where they have a doubleheader and stuff like that, but you know what I mean. I think what the NFL is doing is just trying to appease their viewers. Anybody complaining about NFL Thursday flex scheduling right now in May, I guarantee you, if a week 16 dog shit game that was supposed to be on Amazon Prime gets changed to a matchup between two first place teams, I don't think you're going to boycott it and be like, no, man, making these guys play on Thursday again this. No, you're not. You're going to watch. So all it is is they're appeasing their viewers because now, does it put some of the fans out? Absolutely. Because let's just say. You're set to go to the Wheat 16 game. I don't know what it is on Amazon. I read them yesterday, but I forgot what they were. Let's say the Wheat 16 game you have tickets to, and it's the only football game you're attending this season on Thursday night, and it gets flexed out, and now that's a Sunday game. Or whatever game gets flexed into Thursday night that was supposed to be on a Sunday, you were set to go to that game. Does it put your fan bases out and it put maybe some fans are going to get screwed over? Yeah. Absolutely. But here's a little secret that maybe you don't know and maybe you should know. The NFL doesn't care about the fans, at least the fans that go to games. You know why? Because 10 to 12 million people watch Thursday night football on television. Only 80,000 attend the game. Who do you think they want to appeal to more? The 10 to 12 million people crowd or the 80,000 in attendance? I think you know the answer. Amazon is paying $1.3 billion, billion, 
per year to the NFL to broadcast Thursday night football. They don't give two shits about inconveniencing some fans that might have tickets to a Thursday night game that's already set up that's now getting moved to a Sunday game or the Sunday game that's now being moved into the Thursday night time slot. They're paying $1.3 billion. That's like $65, $67 million per game to the NFL to broadcast that game. They much, they absolutely care way more about the viewership on television of that game than the fans in attendance. They're appealing to the viewers. So that's why it's so easy for them to swap games out and say, you know what? We want to give our viewing audience the best possible matchups on television towards the end of the season. Why should they get stuck with a horseshit game that could be between, I don't know, the Panthers and the Saints? Sorry to either of those teams. Maybe both of them will be good this year. I don't know. But that's why they're doing it. And so if you are inconvenienced, it's unfortunate. But just know that the NFL doesn't care about you. They care about the viewing audience because those people are who they're appealing to. Those people make up a way bigger majority of their base than people who attend games. I think the statistic is 7%. It's either 7% or 9%. I think it's 7. 7% of all NFL fans attend one game during the course of a season. Or it's just overall, 7% of NFL fans see a game. So who are you going to appeal to more? 7% or 93%? And finally, yesterday, the NFL adopted a new rule change, and that is now on kickoffs... The returning team can signal a fair catch and the ball will be brought out to the 25-yard line, which pretty much upsets a lot of people because it takes some excitement out of the game. People love the kickoff return, and now you're basically obliterating it. You know, people can still return. They don't have to fair catch. But, again, this is something that I don't see what the big deal is with this rule. This is the way it's been in college football since 20. 17 or 2018. The most dangerous play in the NFL is the kickoff. Because guys, a swarm of guys, 10, are running full speed down the field into a guy who's running full speed at them. It is the most dangerous play. Everybody knows this. It's why they decided to move the Yard line up to the 35. They wanted as many touchbacks as possible. So basically what they're trying to do is eliminate the kickoff return, which I'm sure upsets people, but, I mean, there are safety issues here at play. But just because there's a fair catch now in place doesn't mean the returner has to do it every time. So people are getting really upset out of this, and it's like, well, they haven't called a fair catch yet. The season hasn't even started. What if all these guys? What if none of these guys want to call a fair catch? And they'll just return it. But I'm telling you, within three or five seasons, the NFL is going to adopt the kickoff from the XFL, which I think they absolutely should because it would still allow. There would basically be no. I don't think anybody would 
signal for a fair catch in that situation. But the kicking team doesn't get a 70-yard running head start at full speed into a runner coming, you know, 20 miles an hour at them. The kicker is the only one who kicks off from the 35-yard line. The kicking team's defense is at, I believe, the other team's 30. Their defense to block them are at the 25, and then the kicker kicks it, and then once the returner catches the ball, that's when the kicking team's defense can start attacking them. And you just don't have a 70-yard head start flying full speed, which is what they're trying to do to make it a little more safe on kickoff returns. I'm surprised the NFL hasn't adopted it yet. I think they're going to. I No way more than five years. It's This is what it's going to be. If they're doing this now on the kickoff and allowing them fair catches after moving up the kickoff to the 35-yard line, I don't see why they don't go to the XFL kickoff. It makes all the sense in the world because it still allows for one of the more exciting plays in the game, and you probably cut down on injury because guys aren't running at full speed into each other. So uh, I expect it three to five years. Mark it down. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. It certainly helps the podcast. Pass it along to your friends. Let them know about it. I think I got some good info and good statistics for you every day here in the Sports Daily, and I appreciate everybody who has rated and reviewed the podcast in Apple Podcasts. So I appreciate you all. Thank you for listening. And remember, sports will always be the greatest reality show on television. See ya!